0: We caught up with Paul Bibby earlier today. He's MD and CEO at Acora Resources, SX company hunting iron ore in Madagascar. He talks to us about why the share price has come off recently, his thoughts behind that. Uh, also, what their plans are for this year, have they got the capital to do it and what are they going to be able to show the market? If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, topics discussed, the company and Paul himself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. We've got training courses on there. Uh, We do summaries of all the interviews that we've done to save you some time because we know you are busy people. But most importantly of all, we've got a wonderful, thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from all that judgment, trolling, and abuse you see elsewhere. And if that sounds nice to you, and I hope it does, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club.
1: Paul, how are you, sir? Very well. Thank you for making contact.
0: Well, yeah, not, not not a problem. We wanted to wanted to hear a story. I had a few requests, uh, and it's
1: iron ore, which is a little bit topical at the moment. So yes. I appreciate you joining
0: us. So, so where in the world yes. are you?
1: So, I'm, uh, I'm in Melbourne. That's where we're headquartered. We're a small team and we've got some iron ore prospects in Madagascar, uh, a mineral rich country. And uh, yeah, we've got a, a bit of work ahead of us to prove up a good resource there. Oh, well,
0: OK. Well, thanks for that. Look, um, relatively new story. Look, small company, what, 17, 18 million market cap, um, kicked yes. off in December. Uh, you put out uh, 12,
1: well, you've done 12 holes, put out eight holes. Um, is yep. it what you thought it would be? Um, it is actually in terms of product grade, better than we thought it would be. We've actually just in the last day, Matthew, you may have um, just missed it. We've, we've done all 12 holes now uh, in re- terms of reporting. And uh, at the north and the south of our six kilometre strike, very good results, uh, surface intersects of iron ore, grading 62, 63%. And uh, right along that strike, uh, 11 of the holes all intercepted iron ore, Uh, Depths to 100 meters, so that's the most encouraging thing, because up until uh, we did this drilling, we knew there was iron ore outcropping at the surface, you know, high-grade iron ore. We just didn't know the extent. So this drilling program, very much exploratory, has proven that it's at least 100 meters plus in depth, um, widths of 150 and 200 meters, because we've only done two or three holes in a line, uh, but extending right across that, you know, four to six kilometer strike.
0: Okay, brilliant. Well, look, um, with news stories, I, I quite like a news story because it means that, you know, sometime recently, you've actually sat down and come up with a plan about what, you, what you're what you trying to do. So you of a few months before the, um, the the go public in December to, uh, you know, work out what you were doing. So mm. can you describe yep. what is it that you, the small team, has set out to do in Madagascar? Is it just because Iron Ore is topical at the moment or have you been at this a while?
1: No, um, my colleague John started the company. He initially had some very attractive, uh, upgradable banded iron formation projects on the east coast of Madagascar. So they were grading 30%, but one of the really attractive features of the Tra Tra Marina project, it was 16 kilometers from the coast. So in terms of location, absolutely fabulous. Uh, therefore lower capital cost potentially. Um, they've drilled 7 holes there. It confirmed that there was banded iron formation. The iron ore world went quiet for quite a while. And we also found the Becky Soper tenements. Initially worked on in the 60s by the French, the BRGM, uh, then by the United Nations, and it showed that at shallow, you know, trenching and pitting, five meters deep, and a few shallow drill holes to 19 meters, that there was iron ore at the surface. So we've had no doubt there was potential for a high-grade iron ore project. We've just had to wait for the right time to bring the company to market to raise the funds. To, uh, to get it underway. Okay, so, so tell,
0: me this. tell me a little bit about um, the, the, the team. So what, what's, your, what's your background? What have you done?
1: So, yeah, I'm, I'm a metallurgist by training. Um, I started with the Rio Tinto Group of Companies as an 18-year-old, so straight out of school. And they put me through university, trained me up. So I had a, a very exciting time. Um, I worked initially in aluminium in all stages from bauxite, alumina smelting, and, and even down, downstream. Uh, then went into all the classic uh, you know, CRA, Rio Tinto commodities, um, iron ore, uh, worked in Kalimantan, Indonesia, on, a, on the big Colton Prima Coal project, which was just a fabulous time. Uh, and then a number of other, they took me into the head office to try and teach me business and strategy and all of those good things. And I finished up in around about 2001 or two in the Pilbara at the iron ore mines, which was then called Hammersley Iron, now Rio Tinto Iron Ore. Um, where it all started for that company at Tom Price and Parabadoo, and I was also had some people working at the port with the sampling and the ship loading and that sort of thing. So, um, again, a very exciting time, and um, I've got a broad breadth of knowledge in the in mining and mineral processing, and um, so that's my background. Okay. And then I went on to um, be a manager and and CEO for some uh, smaller uh, mid-tiered companies um, here in Australia.
0: Any of them work out?
1: Oh, no, no, it was good. Um, I was fortunate to be um, picked up by a company called Zinefix and we, we brought together uh, the lead zinc part of Zinefix with Umicor's lead zinc um, companies out of Belgium and France and the like and formed a company called Neostar. Um, we put that together. I was based in London for uh, a year or more and then the global financial crisis happened and a few other strategic things as happens when you bring two companies together. Um, The Belgians won the day, the Australians were sent back to Australia. Um, I then got picked up by uh, a company called Oceana Gold and uh, worked in the gold space, um, gold mines in New Zealand and the Philippines. Uh, It was the end of the uh, global, well, probably still the middle of the global financial crisis. So we had to really restructure the company, get on a stronger financial footing. Uh, That happened. um, And then I got into a couple of smaller gold and silver plays, um, really work out type companies. Um and as often is the case with those workouts, um the the board and management make the decision a bit too late and uh you're not given enough time to do the dramatic things that need to happen. But you know, we, we did okay.
0: But the I guess smaller companies are a lot harder in, in many ways, because you got so many well, you got different sorts of problems from like Rio Tinto companies where you know your balance, balance sheet yes. you is there to support yeah. you. Um and decision mm. making is uh, a little bit more important almost, you, you could argue. Uh, with the smaller companies, yep. do, do you enjoy it down at at this end?
1: Very much. Um, I was I was fortunate that I had 24 years at Rio Tinto. I was moved around every two or three years, so I was given huge experience. Um, and then I've gone into various you know, medium-sized and smaller companies. Uh, we aren't in a position to be a Rio Tinto. We can't have the support staff. Uh, John is very strong financially. I'm very strong from the process operating side, and together. We've got a very lean organisation. We've got the knowledge and the learnings that we've taken from our background, Um, and yeah, we are bringing people into the company to help us on contracts. We've got a fabulous geologist, um, and we've also set up a team in Madagascar, which we can bring in and out, you know, to do the work. So we're very lean and mean. We uh, are not spending money um, because there's a huge pot of money behind us. We're conscious of the fact that we raised $5 million and that has to uh, go into drilling through this year and next. And uh, we'll spend that very wisely to prove up a resource. Brilliant. Have you been in the country
0: yet? Have you seen the, the uh, asset?
1: Oh, many times. Yeah, many times. I've been uh, traveling to Madagascar since 2016. Um, I've visited all of the sites, uh, which, is, which is terrific. Look, it's a, it's a developing country, it's, um, it's um, a very poor country. But a very energetic country. You know, people want to be part of things and, and get on. We've had some uh, very well-educated Malagasy geologists working with us, um, and I've got to meet some people in uh, significant positions, uh, expats and also Malagasy to support us. Um, I've in 2019 I spent uh, two weeks camped in a two-man tent at site as we did a geological survey. And uh, we walked, I think it was 400 kilometers crisscrossing the tenement doing a magnetic survey. So um, I enjoy that hands on. I don't have to be the person up here all the time. I like to be a part of it, but not interfering to get in people's way. But just so I know that things are being done properly and uh, with, with a sense of urgency.
0: Brilliant. So you've got, you've got Jonas, the CFO, keeping the, yes. uh, the press strings tight. Um, yes. So t- tell me about the geologist that you mentioned there. Who's he, he, he or yes.
1: she? Yeah, t- Tony Tony True loves out of uh, Brisbane and Queensland, a place that uh, you mentioned you've been. Uh, Tony's got broad experience, a lot of it in gold and, and precious metals, but he's also worked in iron ore uh, here in Australia and in India um, and a very practical geologist. So I mentioned I was camping out in 2019. I, I took Tony with me. Uh, in the lead up to that, I got him to read up on all of the the French documents that we had translated from the BRGM's work um, and all of our reports and internal reports for Becky Soper. And then we went to site, we spent a week in the office with our geologists and other maps and things. And then he had a very clear picture of what he was going to do. And then for that next 10 days when we were camping out, uh, he walked the ground and uh, he did it on his own uh, with two, um, local village people from uh, the nearby village, which is about 30 k's away. It's a very remote location, Becky Soper. And they were basically his guides and um, it was terrific. So he saw things um, and added to the geological knowledge that really gave us confidence that this ore body wasn't just a sufficient event. And um, that, that was in the start of it. And with Tony, we've planned a drilling program, which we did late last year. And, um, and he's continued to work with me, on and off, as we've needed that geological support.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's talk about um, the the country itself. There's a, there's a few names operating in there. I think people, uh, know some time I, I think they've just yes. they've just gone back on site after the COVID restrictions, yep. right? Um, yes. And you got a Rio t- Rio t- Tinto company Tinto. there as well. Yep. Um, yep. Is it QIT, is that right? I can't remember. QIT, yes, yeah, okay. yes, we're yes, the Sands, titanium, yep. uh, I mean, QIT. And we've had um, base resources on here um, a few times, actually, telling us about their okay, ability to do business. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's so an interesting country, growing country, and there's a desire to, you know, get miners, uh, well, mining. I suspect. suspect. Um, So, so you've got a kind of good good relationship uh, locally because you're using and employing locals. Is that is that the idea of how you do business in the country?
1: Very much. Yeah, very much. Yeah. So, um, like I said, the team is John and I, and then we bring Tony in as we need Tony. Um, We've got a small board. There's only four on the board, of which John and I are two of those people. Uh, You mentioned base resources. Um, Mike Sturzaker is on our board. He's our chairman, a uh, very knowledgeable fellow. Um, he has visited our projects in uh, in the past uh, as part of uh, his past life with Pacific Road Capital um, and then he's been on the Base Resources Board so he's also got first-hand experience with Base and he's visited our projects and contributed money in the past uh, to the company to progress to projects. Um, So we've got those. Uh, We're a member of the Chamber of Mines, so we've I've met the fellows from uh, Rio Tinto, from Base, um, Black Earth Minerals, and a number of other companies that are working across Madagascar, um, just to share experience and and uh, have a presence there to uh, promote the mining industry and get it moving along. It's interesting actually, because I I read I think it
0: was a while ago um, Rio the QIT um, sort of encroaching on some of the wetlands there. So you you've got to be quite sensitive to doing things the right way there, I think probably more so than anywhere else um, in in a certain kind of way.
1: Yeah, look, um, no doubt there are groups who are there with good intentions and well-meaning to help the country develop. Uh, So to do that, you need to be cognizant of the community and the social environmental responsibilities. So what uh, we've been doing uh, for my very first visit and I said the little village of about eighty or hundred people is about twenty or thirty k's from our actual main tenement number ten four thirty. Uh, we took, we contacted them first to say we're coming. We spent the night there, and then the next morning we presented them with medical supplies which they asked for, and the school teachers said we'd like some chalk, chalk for the blackboard. So we took boxes of chalk. But we also took uh, books and pens and coloring pencils, and we've done that two or three times, and um, the community loves that. Uh, when I was last there, which was, I said, October 2019, we sat down, each little village like this has what they call the mayor. So the, like the main person for communicating um, to the broader, um, I guess, officials. And he said that there's two or three things he would like help with. And the first and most obvious was to drill a well for potable water, because at the moment they're taking water from the, the swampy ground. So we're, we're gonna do that. You know, When we get back there uh, this year, uh, towards the end of May. That's one of the community projects we're going to be doing. Uh, others are helping them with transport and fixing up their roads so that they have better roads to get to the markets to sell their rice and their their zebu, the you know, cattle and so on. So um, all sensible things, um, nothing outrageous because it doesn't make sense. Uh, but every time we go there, the important thing is to engage, to listen, but also to involve them in the work. So we take the, the folks there we might take you know four or five for a couple of days. They go back and then another four or five come, and they each get to share some work experience, but also some financial reward.
0: You've raised a bit of money, Paul. You've raised about five million bucks. You've done twelve holes. You've got a program, four thousand meter program that you want to complete yes. now. Um, to to what end? What, what do you need to do by the end of this year to kind of get the market excited? Because if, if I if I look at your share price. Uh, recently, people are not that excited about your drill holes. It seems. Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah. Look. It, it, yeah. Look. I've, um, I'm actually hugely disappointed in what's happened since the 13th of April. Hugely disappointed uh, because the results are fabulous. Um, but what I think we've seen is a number of things. We've uh, reported the results, and like I said, yeah, you know, there's numbers like seven meters at 65% iron at surface. So that's the outcropping material. Um, And we don't know how big it's going to be. It might only be 10 or 20 million tons, but that's going to be at today's prices a fabulous earner, all right. But then below that, the drilling has identified, you know, intersects of 70 meters at 44%, um, 37 at 47% iron, and then we've done some first pass processing tests because what really matters is not what's in the ground, is what the product, the blast furnace, is going to see to make the iron to become the steel, and. The product has upgraded very readily by crushing to two millimetres. Two millimetres. So that's very simple, you know, a couple of stages of crushing, uh, screening, and then low intensity magnetic separation because the bulk of the product is magnetite, but some of the surface weather material is hematite. Uh, And that's been upgraded to 68% iron, low impurities, phosphorus at 04, aluminum and silica at. Combine about three or four percent, which is way better than the average products going to market today, um, supplying the the Chinese and the Japanese and the like, and the rest of the world. So, the product grade for me as a metallurgist um, is absolutely outstanding. Um, And the impurities, like I said, phosphor, aluminum, and silica are also low and very competitive. Uh, We're going to out a graph. I'll send you the latest presentation in the next day or two, which has a graph. Can I show this on the screen now? Might be a bit hard to see, but yeah, might be a bit hard. Look, I'm still putting this together. Okay, but uh, there it is. There you but go. What this is showing, what this is showing, is is all of the competitors. You know, the Vale's, the Rio's, the BHPs, and their average grade is around sixty percent at six or seven percent silica and alumina. Okay. Our our test results are up here. Can you see that, Doc? Right. I'll send send you the proper PowerPoint. Thank you. And what that's showing is we've got product grade at 65.5%. So that's the premium grade iron ore, um, which is going to be sought after, at just under 4% combined silica and alumina. So fabulous numbers. So I guess there's a bit of education we have to do But also the. Let's do that now.
0: Let's do that now, because I think that's really important. Because people are very focused on precious metals and battery metals, and in iron ore, it 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 comes and goes and ebbs and flows um, in terms of people's interest in it. So you've talked about grades. You've given us some ideas about the grades that are good, and you're saying, as far as as a metallurgist, you you believe these grades are are good. You you know. Um, what else? Do, what else do people need to know? Are they looking at this, yes. going, "Well, how does this get at scale?" Because there's probably a very yes. large capex number at the end of this. So, what, what should they be excited about now in your okay. stage of development?
1: Now, fabulous question. Um, we're, we're early, st- <clears throat> we're early stage. So we haven't sat down and you know put the pencil on the paper to try and work out what the process circuit's going to be and what the capital and operating costs will be. What I can say is is that we've we've drilled this. We're seeing good intercepts at surface, so low stripping ratio mining. It's going to be conventional mining, you know, blasting, shovels, trucks, crushing. That's what they all have to do. And then we're crushing to 2 millimeters and magnetic separation. And our ideal opportunity would be to do that dry. But if it's wet, that's not a problem either. But 2 millimeters is coarse um, for many iron ore products, okay? Because the two products basically lump, which is... Um, a quarter of an inch or you know, six millimetres to 32 millimetres and fines, which is less than six millimetres. Okay. So crushing to two millimetres makes this a fine product, which is the bulk of the iron ore that's traded. So that's part A. So our processing will be very simple, minimal processing, um, conventional mining, crushing, separation, where a project at Becky Soper is 220 kilometres from the coast. Okay. Um, It sounds like a big number, but if you can compare it to existing operations in the Pilbara, uh, Tom Price, when it started in 1965, was some 320 kilometres from the coast. Parabadu, 380, which is where I live, so I know that well well off. Um, BHP's project's the same. The projects in Brazil are similar numbers from the coast, if not further. And so they're, they're not difficult things to overcome. So what we need to do is prove up a resource that justifies the capital to be spent. And that's what we're doing with this drilling program uh, this year. So this 4,000 metres of drilling will get us an inferred Jork resource. It will tell us the extent, uh, both in terms of strike length, which is potentially a maximum of six kilometres on our main tenement, widths of several hundred metres and depths of a couple of hundred metres. You multiply that together with the density. Look, we think we will have a resource by the end of this year, Um, of around 150 million tons of iron mineralisation. So then we can start thinking about um, what is the process, what is the product, what is the capital going to be? But from what we've done on our first round of testing, no optimisation, is uh, shown that the processing is going to be minimal and then it's just going to be a capital thing in terms of road construction, access to the port, that sort of thing, which every project um, has that challenge. Um, but it's, I think it's going to be numbers. Uh, I think the best thing today to say would be less than five hundred million, rather than five billion, for a three or five million ton project. Right.
0: So that's what people, that's what you're looking to build, and that's what people should yeah. be looking at you at. So at seventeen million market cap today, clearly people not seeing that yet. So
1: no, you say it's just no. about
0: numbers. You've got to do some more drilling and. Prove up what you think is there and, and, and tell the market sure. that through the chalk report at the end of the year. That, that's your goal. That's yeah. what we're setting up to do.
1: And with that's, five million bucks, incredible.
0: can you do that? Or whatever's left for the five million? Bucks?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, uh, the program that we've got for this year, the 4,000 meters, um, that is going to maybe eat half of the money. It's not going to eat the whole money. It's going to eat half the money. Uh, we manage it very tightly. Um, we had a practice run. October, November, December last year with the first 1,100 meters, uh, That was all done remotely because we couldn't travel because of COVID. So Lots of uh, video, lots of phone calls, lots of photographs. Um, so Tony, the geologist, myself, we could manage it. And I've also got people representing me um, in country with expat experience to be me um, as best as possible. Okay.
0: And what else are you working on? What other companies are you working on?
1: No, this is, this is my only project. This is okay. my only project. This is my focus. Um, John and I um, were uh, both started at Rio Tito at the same time. Uh, this is, is a project that John founded. Uh, I've been an investor since the start, and I'm now. This is my this is my focus, and uh, I want this to go out as a uh, as a big winner. So how much and money, money do you courage. put in, John? How
0: much support? How much money do you put in, or
1: how much does John put in? Uh, uh, well, John's probably put in over the years. Plus a million dollars Australian, and for me several hundred thousand dollars Australian. Right. Okay. Okay. I know, and yeah. I would love to. I would love to put in more, but I, um, you know, when you've got uh, five kids and education and everything else, you don't have a lot of spare change. <laughs> so um, I feel but, the pain. Um,
0: I feel the pain. I'm in yeah, the same boat. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but tell me, tell me about. That. I know it's one of one of the, uh, Pacific Road Capital. You mentioned I can guess why uh, they're, they're yeah. in for five point six percent, according to the last PowerPoint. Yes. Um, but also, yep. um, one of the newsletter writers, John Tomasos, as well, is in that yes. product 5.6. Yeah. Has, has he put cash into this?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I, I owe John some favours because, um, like I said, we went dormant. I, John, brought me, John Madden brought me in um, because they weren't able to raise the funds. I know price had fallen, and he asked me, you know, what am I going to do? So, basically, I put the company on care and maintenance. We closed down the office. We had to move on people. All very sad, but that's what we had to do because we had faith that these tenements had value and some promise. Then we had to wait for the right time. I was introduced to John Tomazos. As you know, he's out of North America, out in New Jersey. I spoke at his conference and uh, he liked the story. He put me in touch with half a dozen colleagues and we raised two and a half million US in a matter of days. Uh, those names are on that list at the top of the, the shareholders list there. Um, and that has then enabled us to do more work like the geological surveys, the ground magnetic surveys, prepare for the listing and do that initial drilling. So that two and a half million has gone into that. So the five million that we raised in December last year, it wasn't diluted by those activities. It was then available for the future activities, which is this year's drilling, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like Chantamazos' uh, stuff. Actually, good, good, good guy. Yeah, it seems. Never mind. Yeah. Very
1: thorough, like Very thorough. Like, yeah. It is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so that's, that's the plan. Um, I, I suspect then the market's going to want to see those. When, when does this drilling program start?
1: Uh, end of this month. End, end of this, this month. month. So um, the where we are in the south central part of Madagascar. Um, there's a wet season right across Madagascar. And it basically means that you can't be accessing the site at the moment because there's no roads and bridges. It's very remote from about the start of December to the end of March. And this year, it's been a few weeks later into April. So we're just mobilizing now. Um, unfortunately, like a number of developed countries, they've got their next wave of COVID. Um, the team I've put together in terms of geology, geological support, driller, um, camp, you know, construction, cooks and the like, um, transport, they are able to move because of the industry that they're in and move the people. So we have solutions to that, but they're going to have to move with a negative COVID test so you've got to go and get your test before and have a, a permit. But yeah, so that's that's the plan and we're looking to get underway at the end of May. Okay.
0: Well, Paul, um, stay in touch with us. Let's know how you get on because I think that that will be the next stage of development for the company. It will. If the numbers yeah. come back, as you hope, then I think people will me. To pick up and take a bit more interest. Um, are you, have you got any sort of plans about uh, how to kind of get this story about what you know your belief that this is good? The numbers are yes. good. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, look. Um, there's going to be there's another news uh, announcement to go out in the next couple of days, which was that graph I've showed you. It's in our PowerPoint presentation, which I'll send. Um, I think we've also been hit with. One of the requirements to get listed on the ASX is you have to have 300 new shareholders. So we had about 100, which were you know, mums and dads and friends. We had to get 300 new. So in that mix of 300 new, there was Mackenzie Financial out of Toronto that, um, like the story, they put in a million dollars. Um, and then we had to get a whole lot of others, so a lot of retail people. And I think what's happened uh, this month is that a number of them have taken advantage of the volume because of the news flow. Um, then there's a number of people who like the story, which aren't selling, and we need some more buyers. So hopefully through our you know discussion today, we can get in some more people interested and get some more buyers. Uh, be assured that we're going to be working and focused on this. Uh, we like the story, the results are great. Um, I guess it's awareness and continuing to do the work.
0: Beautiful. Okay, Paul, like I say, stay in touch.
1: Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Terrific. No, thank you, Matthew. Appreciate your time. All the best. Thank you.